Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I am your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am taking a trip back in time to 2014 when the movie Guardians of the Galaxy first came out. I rewatched this movie. Obviously, I've seen it before. This directed and written by James Gunn, co-written by Nicole Perlman, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper. In this movie, a group of intergalactic criminals must pull together to stop a fanatical warrior with plans to purge the universe. Just your typical story of a ragtag group. I have watched this movie before, but it has been many years since I have watched it. I probably watched it right before watching the second movie when that came out. So do the math, figure out when that one came out. That's probably the last time I watched this movie. But uh, And I have not seen the newest or the Christmas special. I have not seen Volume 3 or the Christmas special, which I will be doing, as I will every Wednesday. Re- review a new movie in that, that series of movies. So next week will be Volume 2, then probably the Christmas special, and then probably Volume 3. And then when I do Volume 3, I will also be doing on my other podcast, Top 5, I will be doing a Top 5 episode ranking my Top 5 James Gunn movies for that week as well. So since I've been, we'll, be, we'll have watched a bunch, just rewatched Super. It's actually kind of crazy how few movies James Gunn has actually directed. It's not a lot of movies, uh, but he is an amazing director and makes complete sense why he would be in charge of DC's whole debacle going forward. I love his aesthetic. I love his sense of humor. I love the way he directs movies. I Just so much about James Gunn that I really enjoy. So I'm also going to enjoy going back and rewatching all of his movies as well as these movies. Because I do enjoy these movies despite the fact that I am kind of burnt out on superhero movies in general discuss that on monday's review of the flash despite enjoying the flash like if you can make a fun movie then i'm good i think one of the big problems i have with superhero movies is all of the baggage that comes along with it you have to have studied and watched everything to get all the references and i don't like doing that i'll do it now and then especially if i'm doing a top five if i give myself a reason to watch everything and pay attention and take notes and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, uh, this movie, fun. But also good. It's not. There's not a whole lot that I have to overlook. The, the ways in which this connects to the overarching Marvel story that was going at, on at the time with Thanos. Um, 
you know, it connects to it, but it's not a massive part of it. You, I didn't feel confused watching things in this movie. But one thing I do love about revisiting movies that I haven't seen in a while, like I recently did the John Wick series, is that I'm watching these movies in a more substantial way. I'm taking notes, I'm paying more attention, I'm seeing all of the details of things, seeing how they come together over time since I'm watching just one movie a week, which I enjoy. I get so much more out of these movies when I watch them to review them on this show. Um, and I'm excited to pay that kind of attention to these movies uh, because I did enjoy them. And, uh, you know, if anything, it might highlight some aspects that don't work but uh you know regardless i'm excited to rewatch this movie to have rewatched this movie to rewatch the second movie and then to see the the final two for the first time uh but they are a lot of fun i love james gunn he does great action love his sense of humor sense of humor he's got a bit of an edge to his sense of humor too i think he comes from the trauma universe i think he did some tv stuff for trauma entertainment back in the day completely makes sense has that kind of b movie like uh aesthetic or at least tone to it super the kind of superhero movie that he did with rain wilson very much a b movie um and he carries over that kind of snarkiness edginess dark humor uh to these movies as well which i absolutely love uh, obviously, these movies have great needle drops as part of the main character, Quill. Uh, so not only are these movies like full with great music, but the music ties into our main character in a very specific way, which I enjoy that. I enjoy good music in movies, but if you can tie it into the, a character uh, in a meaningful way, I, I enjoy that as well. And also... Not only am I kind of burnt out on comic book movies, but I also recently talked about when I reviewed the Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm burnt out on Chris Pratt. I'm tired of Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt. You know, Parks and Rec like him. I like him in this. I think this is the perfect role for Chris Pratt, the actor. And every other movie where he's like the lead... He is doing the same thing that he's doing in this movie, but it doesn't work because those movies aren't this movie. Obviously, doing the voice work for Mario or Lego, that's whatever. But, like, the Jurassic Park movies. Don't care. Don't care. Not those movies are great, but he didn't help them at all. Seeing him in other movies, like he's in Zero Dark Thirty, very weird to see him in that. His character wasn't the main character, wasn't the lead character, so it wasn't a big deal. But still, playing this type of a character doesn't have a lot of range. But I think this is like this is the role that was made for Chris Pratt, and sadly, the the role that skyrocketed him into being the lead in so many movies that he shouldn't be in. He is not. He is not. They like trying trying so desperately to make him into the next Harrison Ford, which he is not. He doesn't have that kind of that gravitas that Harrison Ford had. So despite the fact that I'm tired and burnt out, 
on comic books, superhero, and Chris Pratt. I still love these movies. At least I still loved rewatching this movie. Um, so it was nice watching a movie that didn't bother me in all of those ways. I wasn't, I didn't miss any references because I didn't do the homework. Chris Pratt's weirdness fits with his character completely. Superhero stuff, fine. Has the interesting characters, fun action. So I'll love all that. I do want to get into spoilers, talk about specifics of this movie. Obviously, this came out in 2014, so I can't imagine too many people would be watching or listening to this that haven't seen the movie. But if that is you and you do not want to be spoiled, go watch this movie over on Disney+. Plus. Come back and listen to the rest. Hear my thoughts on what you just watched. So, spoilers. Rewatching this, forgot how it all started forgot the importance of the mixtape this starting with his mom dying and then him being kidnapped by aliens and then when he was like 10 cut to 26 years later makes complete sense that chris pratt the character quill peter quill in this movie would have that arrested development to act childish the only character that he's played that makes sense that he is the way he is also provides a, a reason for the great mixtape soundtrack of this movie but peter quill as far as the lead i kind of like there's a scene where one of the early action scenes where he's trying to tell these guys that he's the famous outlaw star lord but he's like unknown like he's desperate he has his ego where he's desperate to be this famous outlaw uh and for his name star lord to be synonymous and known um and just how unfamous he is i thought that was a funny moment um especially when we see where his the name comes from uh from his mom which is a touching moment but also kind of weird that it took 26 years for him to realize maybe i should open this present she gave me before she died Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. His associate or colleague is also going for the orb, right? that he has that he gets at the beginning of this of this movie which is the MacGuffin for this movie this orb which has the an infinity stone inside of it which ties in with the whole the whole thing with Marvel and then he kind of comes from like this pirate kind of space pirate society those are the people that took him in as a kid and that he was raised by also makes sense why he would be kind of a you know, 
this uh, like a child in a in a man's body. And he has a lot of fun gadgets, which I enjoy, you know, and how they're used in this is a lot of fun, whether it's like this electric cable that he uses to trip people. Uh, he has this mini rocket that at one point he puts on Gamora to like shoot her off of him. And there, er, there's a, a moment early in the early moment where he has this device that kind of sucks everybody into it. So a lot of fun devices that, you know, they don't introduce or talk about, but it's cool to see him throw these things out as he's going and see what they do, which are all fun and inventive and creative. And, of course, never open the gift from his mom. But, I mean, aside from the fact that it's a great way to set up for Volume 2, him finally opening the package at the end of the movie from his mom where we see that star lord was a nickname that she called him so it would make sense that he's so obsessed with the f wanting that name to be known in the universe uh all of it, like it kind of excuses a lot of stuff but you know and also sets up for stuff but it doesn't make sense that he would wait 26 years to open this gift it doesn't make any sense Aside from it being great for setting up for Volume 2, which is also great because it just means we're going to get a bunch of cool new music in the, the, the next movie. Uh, the antagonist in this is, you know, whatever. The alien Kree, who's like a terrorist named Ronan. Also not a very inventive name for <laughs> uh, a lone samurai out in the world. But... Uh, he, he's after the orb as well he's trying to get it for thanos so in return thanos can kill everybody on a planet to kill the zandarian culture so it's it sets up enough but we don't really get to know much about ronin he's just the bad guy that's also out for the orb and conveniently ties in thanos to why he wants to get the orb because it has one of the infinity stones in it also the ragtag group of people is is great in this movie obviously and the way they intro them the kind of the way they do the exposition for talking about them it's not when we first see them but it's when they all there's a great moment where quill's trying to sell the orb when the guy finds out who also wants it kicks him out and that's when we first see quill see gamora and kind of trying to sweet talk her trying to hit on her um and then also rocket and groot are there trying to catch quill for the bounty and it's a great action set piece and after they get caught also seeing john c Riley was amazing um and they're being booked is where we get all the exposition telling the audience who everybody is what they all do i thought that was all great you know who their associates are like stuff that they wouldn't necessarily say in while being booked but makes perfect sense in this movie uh as a way instead of you know there's movies that do it a lot of different ways the laziest is probably just having like a tale of the tape come up on the screen where it shows their name their alias and all of their stats like that's that's probably the laziest way to do it 
But uh, I thought this was a very creative way to do it. And we find out that, uh, you know, not only Rock and, and Groot, Bounty Hunters, Gamora working for Ronin to try and get the orb, uh, who is the one of the daughters of Thanos. And then you have Batista, who they don't meet till later, till, till they get to prison, who is, in my opinion, the best actor in this movie is Batista. Uh, he wants to kill Ronan, so that's why he... Like, seeing how they all come together in that prison colony uh, is pretty great. And how they all have different goals that bring them together. Uh, a lot of great action set pieces. Like I said, Gamora trying to get the orb. Uh, Quill trying to keep it from her. Rocket and Groot trying to capture Quill to collect the bounty. All in that Times Square uh, and then the cops show up kind of late, but it's great when we see John C. Riley as the cop um, and calls him Star Prince. Kind of weird seeing John C. Riley. Forgot that he was in this. I'm like, why would he be? I thought the other cop was one of the Lonely Island guys, but it wasn't. Uh, and I'm like, why is John C. Riley in this? And then later on, they call, they contact him to to bring everybody together. Uh, but a great action set piece there. The prison ship where Rocket and Groot are protecting Quill because he's their bounty, right? So he's instantly got some protection there. And we get to see kind of a little bit of what Groot can do. Uh, everybody in the prison hates Gamora because her leader put a lot of them there, or Ronan did. Uh, the escape plan, which is great, which gets completely thrown out the window when Groot ends up doing the last step first getting the battery uh basically making everything have to be improvised i love that drax joining in because he wants uh to get obviously at gamora at uh, ronin and there's a moment in that set piece where drax throws a gun to rocket it's a great moment, and then Rocket catches it and has this slow motion, oh yeah, while he's shooting everybody. A great, great action moment in that in that entire set piece. And it looked like a lot of the sparks and fire that were happening in that fight were actual practical sparks and fire, which I love anytime. Anytime they use or blend practical effects, and it could have been digital, maybe they just filmed practical effects and composited them, but they didn't look like digital sparks and fire. They looked like actual heat and flames. So I like that. Um, and I love that while that whole action set piece is going on, you see Quill trying to just calmly negotiate with the guy to get his prosthetic leg that wasn't even necessary but like just a great kind of comedic cutaway from like all of this chaos going on and then you cut to quill just like calmly like hey so uh what do you think it'd take to give me that leg i love that and a great kind of formation of the ragtag group in that whole prison escape scene including Drax, who's kind of the late addition to it. Um, let's see. Oh, no. Um, 
And you immediately see how funny Drax is, right? His being super literal with everything. I think that was great. Uh, the moment he's like, nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too good. I would catch it. A f hilarious line. Uh, Rocket turning off the artificial gravity so they could escape. Really shows how smart Rocket is in this moment. Like, oh, he does know what he's doing. He was also, he's also funny giving Quill this nonsense thing to do, but also he knows his shit, which is great. And we have Quill risking it all to go back and get his Walkman uh, and does a great switcheroo where he keeps the orb so they don't leave without him. Just showing how important that cassette tape is to him. Uh, then they go to a mining colony, which amazing. It's like this giant severed head of a monster that is being mined for its its like brain matter and stuff. Amazing. And that's when we find out the Infinity Stone is an orb. Uh, and when the action set piece starts there, uh, I think Ronin tracks him down. Um, they're using the mining pods kind of like demo in like a demolition derby style way to escape, which I thought was great. And Ronan is able to capture the orb. Throws Drax into one of the refining pools. And Gamora ends up floating out in space on her own, which Quill gives up his location to go save her, tells Yondu where to find him. Doesn't really make sense why he would risk his life to save her. I mean, obviously he was attracted to her, but like to like risk your life for somebody you're attracted to after only having just met them. A little bit much, but whatever. Cool when he puts the mask on her uh, as Yondu captures them. I mean, they would have both died. Uh, maybe her, maybe because she's an alien, she can survive a little bit longer in space, but like he would have been dead. But a touching moment, I guess. Not really set up, but a touching moment. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote. Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. The plan to get the ore back the end where everybody comes together right not just the guardians of the galaxy but also yondu and his crew helping out even the police f that are part of the society that ronin wants to destroy they join as well which is where john c Riley comes back into the picture and they form the giant barrier over the ship just kind of a great action set piece seeing everybody come together kind of like their own little avengers style ending scene in many ways 
Uh, and we finally get to see Yondu's abilities with that arrow. Him whistling and just like effortlessly killing 20 soldiers and the ship with just a whistle. That was kind of a great way to show. Also, like, seems like he could probably use that more. Because he just effortlessly, why didn't he do that sooner? I don't know. Still a great moment. Also, we get Nebula versus Gamora, which is probably the best sibling rivalry in any movie. Them fighting. And just how in the movie, like, just um, Thanos referring to Gamora as his favorite child right in front of Nebula. Like, it, it shows why Nebula probably wouldn't be too keen on any of that. Like, why she would hate dad and hate nebula and just like very overly not accepted in her own family but a great fight between them you have the end of that where quill grabs the infinity stone knowing what happened the last time we saw somebody try and grab it but then you have drax grabbing his arm um well you have so he, you have him grabbing the stone, Drax exploding Ronan's hammer with the gun that Rocket made kind of impromptu, which is pretty great. And then everybody kind of grabbing hands to kind of seemingly to displace the energy from the Infinity Stone, which I kind of loved that as a metaphor for teamwork. You know, people together are stronger than individually. The power of people working together. And the moment where he's like, you said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. Like, how could you do it? Kind of a great moment as well. Uh, the end, the end, end is pretty great as well. You have um, immediately after Yondu wants the orb, but Quill again does a, a switcheroo, gives him the fake orb, which he tells him not to open. And he does. So it's like, if he actually had the right orb, Yondu would have just died. So the fact that he had the wrong, he didn't have the, the the real orb, is the only reason Yondu's alive. Uh, the moment where Groot kind of encapsulates everybody within his branches, and that all that's left of him after everything is just kind of a pile of sticks. And you have Rocket crying and and you have uh drax kind of petting him kind of calming him down kind of a, a heartfelt moment and then you have groot growing back as just a twig in a, a pot love that and him dancing while drax is polishing his knife during just before the credits loved all that stuff post credit scene benicio del toro the kind of the collector guy that was uh that where we found out that the orb was the orb um it's him coming out from the rubble and we get a cameo from Howard the Duck, which, you know, a fun post credit scene that has nothing to do with anything else, which I kind of like that as well. It's another annoying thing that Marvel really popularized was the post credit scene. Um, just it's so unnecessary, uh, but a fun little Easter egg. I've never watched Howard the Duck, uh, but probably will at some point it's one of those movies that like a lot of people my generation have watched and probably like it's got like a cult following so i don't know 
at some point I probably will watch it. Uh, but this is a great origin story for the ragtag group of uh, people, the Guardians of the Galaxy, all kind of having their own motivations, yet coming together for a unified purpose, I thought was great. Sacrif literally sacrificing their lives to save each other. And each character is very unique and interesting. Their backstories, each seemingly equally as unique and interesting. Uh, the love story between Quill and Gamora isn't that well set up other than, I mean, clearly he's attracted to him, but like, I don't, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just like uh, him risking his life to save her in that moment didn't make any sense. Other than like, they need her to survive because she's part of it. But like, it wasn't set up in a way where a guy would risk, I don't know. Maybe if I was maybe maybe in a different world where we're all living in space, people will react differently. Uh, but it's it still works, still sets up everything nice. Um, like as part of the bigger story with the whole Infinity Stones and Thanos, like it was kind of a great story that uses the bigger picture to tell the smaller story. Right. Like you don't necessarily need to have to know the overarching story. Right. It's just this own little bubble of a story that has its connections, but isn't necessary. So I, I kind of enjoy that. And still a story about multiple characters coming together, working together to accomplish great things. Right. Kind of mini Avengers in a lot of ways, but more ragtag, more of like what you see from james gunn this movie or the suicide squad a lot of similarities these ragtag gr group of people coming together in a very fun way problematic people they only they all have their own selfish reasons um yeah and uh it just shows james gunn's ability to write and direct compelling stories and really to make the audience care about all of the characters as opposed to the guy who was used to the people loved making superhero movies for DC. Zack Snyder. Characters that have, like in this movie, in all James Cunn's movie, clear flaws. These characters clearly have flaws, shortcomings, but find ways to kind of elevate past those shortcomings. Right? Like true heroes. So I'm stoked, stoked to rewatch the next film and the following two for the first time. Really looking forward to that as well as rewatching all of James Gunn's films for the upcoming episode of Top 5. So looking forward to all that. And I'll see you next Wednesday for the next installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy reviews. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of the Ray Taylor Show. And I do hope that you enjoyed my thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't forget to tune in next monday wednesday or every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews but specifically next wednesday for the next installment in this series and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder make sure you subscribe and hit the little bell until next time enjoy the show subscribe to the ray taylor show on youtube and everywhere podcasts are found Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. 
Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.